Greetings, film pals. I bid you welcome to the Cinematic Crypt, a motion picture podcast hosted by Movie John's Old Sport and Classic Corner, Rosalie Kicks, otherwise known as Betzina Belfry. Each episode, I travel six feet under and pry open a coffin of one of my favorite Hollywood corpses and perform a post-watch examination of one of their forgotten films. Lend me your ears and listen along as I summon the spirits of Hollywood's dearly departed and uncover your next favorite film from the grave. Hiya, kids. It's me, your friend, Graham Poe. I gotta tell you, I am starting a new club, and I want you to join. It's called the Junior Vampires of America. I mean, you'll hear scary monster stories. Now, to call, you gotta ask your parents' permission and call this phone number, 1-900-909-4300. You'll hear all about my monster friends, learn how to get a free vampire patch and a list of special vampire tricks and secrets. So call 1-900-909-4300. Learn how to scare your friends, even yourself. Join Grandpa Junior Vampires of America Club, and I will make you a junior vampire. Hey, kids, call 1-900-909-4300. That's 1-900-909-4300 to hear Grandpa's scary stories and join the Junior Vampires Club. Just $2 a first minute, 45 cents each additional. Ask mom or dad first. Before we descend into the crypt, I will begin with reading my obituary, a notice of what I have been up to since we last spent time together. Well, creepies. Joining the Junior Vampires of America has changed my life. With the help of Grandpa Munster, spooky season is in full swing in the crypt. The pumpkins have been carved and are lit. The bats are flying and the ghosts are howling. I am sure this comes as no shock, my creepies, for the spirit of Halloween truly never dies here in the crypt. But by officially being part of the Junior Vampires, I have really upped my fright game, which includes not just scaring myself, but scaring my pals. For the past few years, I have been honoring the most frightening time of year by sending spooky boxes to some of my nearest and dearest ghoulies. This year, I have decided that the box will have a seance theme. Serpents and spiders, tail of a rat, Call in the spirits, wherever they're at. Wrap on a table, it's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween. Awaken the spirits with your tambourine. Spooky Box beneficiaries will be encouraged to make contact with the dearly departed by utilizing the tips and tricks I provide within their parcel. If I remember, I will try to post a picture on the Cinematic Crypt notes page of the final package and all the accoutrements when the Spooky Boxes are completed. Mwah! What will terrify you most? 
at the Haunted Mansion in Long Branch, New Jersey. The Haunted Mansion, home of more than 30 creatures of the night. Frightening, monstrous, blood-chilling creatures of every description. Which one will make you scream in terror? Find out at the Haunted Mansion in Long Branch, New Jersey. Before we get to our main attraction, let's take a stroll in the cemetery, shall we? Join me, creepies, on a trip to the graveyard to pay respects to hauntingly horrific dark ride attractions in a segment I've entitled Grave Time. In past episodes, I have utilized this segment to pay respects to horror hosts from days gone by. But I figured, with the theme for my latest Crypt series being Haunted Houses, it would be more fitting to take a trip to some now defunct spooky rides. Step right up. Come on in. If you'd like to take the grand tour of a lonely house that once was home sweet home I have nothing here to sell you just some things that I will tell you some things I know To the bone. Given my love of Dracula, I felt it would be rather fitting to start our tour of dark rides with the illustrious Castle Dracula, which was located on Nichols Midway Pier in Wildwood, New Jersey. When strutting on the pier, guests could partake in psychic readings, carnival games, concessions, and other antics. Initially, the attraction was created in 1919 and known as the Old Mill, which was described as a Tunnel of Love-style boat ride in which guests would set sail through a canal, witnessing a series of displays and scenes. The ride would later have a couple iterations until it was sold to the Nichols family in 1976, who, with the assistance of retired Disney Imagineers, prop makers, and designers from Universal Studios, would transform the ride into what would become Castle Dracula. Welcome to my castle. Come in. Don't be afraid. The dead man inside will no longer hurt you. Meet my friends Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Hunchback, and the Phantom of the Opera. At Castle Dracula, you will see your reflection disappear in the mirror of death. You will see torture chambers and dungeons and human sacrifices. Then, if you dare, ride in a sea of human blood deep beneath the castle walls, the catacombs of death, where creatures of the dark await with many surprises, 
but now I must return to entertain my guests. Join us. We love to have you for dinner. <laughs> guests to Castle Dracula would first set sail on the dungeon boat ride, in which they would witness skeletons and haunting displays of fright. Although the castle was two stories high, guests only visited the first floor, as the second floor was used for storage. Upon exiting the boat ride, guests would be invited inside the castle for a walkthrough portion of the attraction. During their visit, they would experience a seance room, Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory, an execution room, a crushing room, hidden doors, and various displays such as Pinhead from the Hellraiser films in chains, a mummy, and limbs. Additionally, staff, consisting of mainly teenaged employees, would haunt the halls and scare the guests. One of the employees described the experience of working there as not just being a job, but a place to create, as it was almost like a playhouse, a macabre playhouse. Sadly, the castle would be demolished after it succumbed to arson on January 16, 2002. Two teenagers set the attraction ablaze on the morning of the 16th, causing the castle of fright to quickly go up in flames. A Jersey Shore landmark has burned to the ground. Chopper 10 over what was Castle Dracula in Wildwood. You can see now it's just a pile of burnt rubble. The famous haunted house has been a boardwalk mainstay since the 1970s. Castle Dracula sat along the Wildwood boardwalk on Nichols Midway Pier. That's right at the end of the Cedar Street. Two teenagers who were caught leaving the scene are now, we are told, in police custody. NBC10's Monique Braxton is live on that scene now with more. Monique. Larry, it's been about seven hours now. If you look just over my shoulder, you can see smoke is still billowing from this gutted haunted house. And as you mentioned, two teenagers are in custody tonight. They were caught leaving the scene by an off-duty police officer. We're all, we all have like kind of an emotional attachment to the place, so it's a little sad. Dee Dondero was a vampire for three years at Castle Dracula. She came back today to watch 120 firefighters from several communities battle the six-alarm blaze. It was a fun place. Um, I met all my closest friends there. The friends I'm still friends with today for 13, 15 years now. Why anybody would want to burn the castle down. It's kind of like a landmark. It's been here for so long, ever since I was little. So it's a shame. I'm glad they caught somebody. It would later be found that the teens were skipping school and had broken into the castle. Due to there being no electricity, they lit torches to help them see, which essentially caused the fire to occur. Once the fire was out of control, they fled the scene. Even with the demise of Castle Dracula, fans still pay tribute to this spooky haunt, hoping to keep it from being forgotten. With a quick search of the internet, you shall find numerous websites dedicated to the once thrilling attraction. In fact, I utilize some of these websites in conducting my research, which you can also visit, such as darkinthepark.com, wildwoodvideoarchive.com, and castledraculaofwildwood.com. All of these web pages offer further history about the ride, as well as videos that have surfaced from guests, so that you too can take a trip to Castle Dracula if you dare.
Additionally, there is a spooktacular book entitled Castle Dracula and the Dungeon, an illustrated employee handbook by Michael Jazorska that was made possible by fans of the attraction as well as ex-employees. This is a lovely feast for the eyes, my creepies, as it includes a map of the entire ride, as well as general rules and regulations for guests and employees. I particularly loved this rule. The character you are portraying is constant as long as you are on duty. And concerning remaining inside the coffin at all times during the boat ride, Otherwise, you shall be added to the moat of blood. There is also a whole section on makeup and costuming, which I found to be quite helpful. I highly recommend you check out this book. Creepies. Hurry, 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 folks. Get your crunchy, chewy, chocolatey candy bars now at the concession stand. Make your selection from the largest assortment ever gathered together under one roof. So hurry, hurry, hurry before the big show begins. Treat yourself, uh, treat yourself? Brother, am I a salesman? And now our feature presentation. All right, film pals. Time to grab your cape and get uncomfortable. It is time for our regularly scheduled spooky program. Follow me, but watch your step as you descend down to the cinematic crypt. <laughs> Today's episode will mark the first entry in the series, Haunted Houses. Do you believe in ghosts? I surely hope you do, my creepies. In this series, we shall experience the strange and unexplained sights and sounds as I pay visit to the most terrifying abodes. I will be rapping on chamber doors in search of specters and venture to the most frightful cinematic mansions, manors, castles, and shacks in hopes of befriending a paranormal pal. I will start our tour with the 1958 motion picture Terror in the Haunted House, which was initially titled My World Dies Screaming, starring Kathy O'Donnell, William Ching, and John Quaylen and our corpse of interest, Gerald Moore. The trailer opens with title cards stating, this is a motion picture first, a film with a fourth dimension. Life magazine calls it subliminal perception. You'll call it terrific. Subliminal perception. Psychologists have proved it works. People can be influenced by messages, words, symbols below the level of consciousness. Now an extraordinary motion picture uses subliminal chills and thrills for the first time for your greater enjoyment. Take me away, take me away. Sheila, what is it? What's wrong? It's the house. Whatever's inside, it's horrible. Subliminal perception. How does it work? Here is a scene as audiences will see it. And here is the same scene as your brain will see it and feel it. 
Only 2% can detect subliminal images. Can you? Take her away from here at once if you've got any sense left. Why are you so concerned about Sheila? Because if she stays in this house another night, she'll be a raving maniac. If I climb those stairs, I'll die. I know that. Darling, it's all in your imagination. Suspenseful and exciting as the picture is, now you will feel greater tension, shock, horror than any human being has ever experienced at a movie. Pull the trigger, Sheila. I can't. The trailer ends informing the audience that it will be destined to be the year's most talked about picture, which kind of makes you wonder, I'm sure, why you may have never heard of it. Well, creepies, I'm sad to report that this film is not that great. Despite it having a runtime of one hour and 25 minutes, it honestly can feel a lot more longer than that because the story is such a slog. Despite this, I could not allow it to go forgotten, given the cinematic invention it brought to the silver screen, known as Psychorama. Psychorama, also referred to as the pre-con process, was a method used to communicate subliminal information through film by the use of flashing images on the screen so quickly that they can't be perceived by the conscious mind. To help you understand what the magic of Psychorama is, allow me to share this tutorial that features our corpse of interest, Gerald Moore. This instructional film was made for the 1959 flick, Date with Death, that also utilized the Psychorama technology. Hello, I'm Gerald Moore. Liz Renee plays opposite me in the picture you're about to see Date with Death, which was made with a revolutionary new process called Psychorama, or subliminal communication by Precon. In Psychorama, which was developed by Dr. Robert Corrigan and Mr. Hal C. Becker, by using this machine, a word or a picture can be flashed on the screen so fast that although you don't see it consciously, it can put information directly into your mind. By this method, it can affect your emotions so that anger, fear, or suspense will race through your subconscious mind. Oh, and this machine is called a polygraph, or a lie detector. Scientifically measures emotional reactions. And it has been proven that the human being's emotional reactions to Psychorama are tremendous. Psychorama by Precon has been written up in Life, Popular Science, thousands of newspaper articles. It amazes me, but it scares some people. The United States government and various state governments have debated making it illegal because of the fear of brainwashing. And it's been banned on television as being too powerful because people have been afraid that it might make them buy something that they don't want. But scientists, among them Dr. Corrigan, have proven there's nothing to be afraid of. They have proven that your subconscious mind like your conscious mind, senses everything that you see or hear. Psychorama cannot make you do or believe anything that you don't want to. 
and there's no advertising in the picture you're about to see. The only purpose of Psychorama is to increase your enjoyment of the picture by making you feel fear and suspense as you've never felt them before. These subliminal symbols are 100% safe for you. They may frighten you, but they, <laughs> they won't hurt you. This little educational video thrills me, as Gerald Moore is sitting atop of a desk, leaning on a scientific model head. It also brings me to the reason that I chose to uncover Gerald's corpse for today's episode. He was coincidentally featured in two movies that feature Psychorama, a technique that would fall by the wayside and only be used on a limited basis. It would later most notably be seen in The Exorcist in 1973 and Fight Club in 1999. It makes sense that Date with Death, a flick about a drifter that is tossed from a train and assumes the identity of a city police detective after he finds him dead, contains Psychorama, as it is from the same producers that made Terror in the Haunted House as well as the director, Harold Daniels, who filmed both of the movies. As for Gerald Moore, he was born June 11, 1914, and appeared in radio, film, and television. He was first discovered while in the hospital after being diagnosed with appendicitis. He was in college at the time, attending Columbia University, and studying to be a doctor when he came down with his illness. During his recovery, a radio broadcaster that was also a patient at the hospital overheard Gerald speaking and thought he had a great voice for radio. Gerald would go on to be hired and become a junior reporter. He would also go on to make over 500 appearances on the airwaves during the 1930s, 40s, and early 50s. His most notable role on the radio was when he played Raymond Chandler's created detective, Philip Marlowe, from 1948 to 1951. In the 1930s, he would cross paths with Orson Welles and join the Mercury Theater. And in the late 1930s, he would start to appear in film, often being cast as a heel or a heavy. He got often compared to Humphrey Bogart due to his similar looks, which often left him to be cast in film noir. When film work began to dry up, he made his way to TV and would make appearances on such programs as Maverick, Bronco, Perry Mason, and Bonanza. After filming a pilot of a new TV series called Private Entrance, he would suddenly succumb to a heart attack and die on November 9, 1968 in Stockholm at the age of 54. As for the terror in the haunted house, it tells the tale of newlyweds that move from Switzerland to a desolate home in the swamps of Florida. When Sheila, played by Kathy O'Donnell, sees the home that she will be living in, she is horrified due to the location resembling one that has been featured in her reoccurring nightmares. Turn around, go back, Philip. Take me away, take me away. Sheila, what is it? What's wrong? It's the house. The one in my dreams. Nonsense, it can't be. You said you've never been in Florida before. How could you have seen it? I never saw it before, but that's the house. 
Philip, I'm frightened. It's an old, empty house. Why are you afraid of a house? I don't know. Whatever's inside, it's horrible. Her husband, Philip, played by Gerald Moore, soothes her by stating if she were to stay in the home, the nightmares will end. The couple is surprised to find, upon entering the home, that they are not alone, as there is a caretaker on property, Jonah Snell, and he informs them that the mansion has been abandoned for 17 years and has been awaiting the return of the mad tyrannies. I'm Jonah, the caretaker. And I'm Justin, the new resident. Oh, you come to the wrong place. This house ain't never rented. It is now. Well, they would have told me about it. I've just told you we've rented the house. We're going to live here. Now you know. Lie down. Sheila is beyond spooked, but unfortunately, when Philip does agree to leave, the car won't start. Therefore, they have no choice but to stay in the dilapidated abode. Sheila starts to feel that she has been in the home before, recalling a tree in which she carved her initials in, along with a boy that she had a childhood crush on. Oh, vaguely familiar. Like, like something that happened when you're a small child. What do you remember? I'm not sure. I can see myself as a little girl playing in the grass. There was a boy. He was older than I was. I think I was in love with him. I think he carved our initials on the trunk of a tree. A big old palm tree. It's all so vague. I don't know where it came from. Upon falling asleep that evening, she is awoken by a scream and believes she hears a mystery man peering through her window. Of course, Philip offers no form of comfort and tries to convince Sheila that it was only Jonah skulking the property, trying to instill fear and getting them to leave. The next day, the mansion's owner, Mark Snell, shows up at the door, and this is where the plot gets a bit wild. We learn that Philip is actually Philip Tierney, That's right, the family that Jonah referred to as being mad. And upon Sheila finding the tree that she recalled from her childhood, she finds the initials are SW and PT, Sheila Wayne, Wayne being her maiden name, and Philip Tierney, her husband. I love you, Sheila. Do you? I love you very, very much. Why did you bring me to this place? To this horrible, evil house? So you would get over the nightmares. They were destroying you, Sheila. In no time, they'd have you back in the sanitarium. Sanitarium? I was sent there because of my lungs. Wasn't I, Philip? No, darling. You're trying to tell me that... I was sent away to Switzerland because I was... insane? Sheila, you'd had a nervous breakdown. Nervous breakdown. I was seven years old. A child of seven doesn't have a nervous breakdown. I was insane, wasn't I? Sheila, there's nothing wrong with you now except those nightmares. I brought you here to regain your health. There's only one way to cure you. No, Philip. You must go up in that attic. I can't. I can't. 
This story is full of twists and turns, my little creepies. We learn that Philip, well, he is not just a liar, liar, pants on fire. He did know about the nightmare house and wanted to subject Sheila to her past in hopes to cure her of her trauma. 17 years ago, she witnessed a pair of murders in the attic. Murders that were committed by who she has been led to believe was Philip's grandfather. Upon entering the attic, Sheila learns that she may have witnessed a murder, but it didn't play out exactly as was foretold. If I climb those stairs, I'll die. I know that. Darling, it's all in your imagination. I'll be with you every step of the way. Please, you must do this. Don't ask me to do that, Philip. I can't. I won't. If you want to know how it really happened, then you'll have to give this movie a watch yourself. Mwah. As I said earlier, I did not find this picture to be made that well. Some may not even consider it to be a haunted house tale. However, I see the ghosts of the past being the true haunts in this motion picture. Despite the story being lackluster, the characters being kind of bland, don't even get me started on Philip, if only that man would have bit the dust. It bothered me that he took his wife to a place that was cause of so much terror in her life, but I digress. I was more fascinated by the history. An article published in Life magazine in March 1958 spoke of the use of subliminal messages in film and went on to say that Terror in the Haunted House was not shot with subliminal messages in mind. Instead, the images were added to the film after it already had been completed. Initially, they thought that including a prologue to the film in which Gerald would explain the use of Psychorama would provide more information about what it was, but they later removed it. One of the producers, William S. Edwards, would give a presentation about Psychorama to the Federal Communications Commission and National Association of Broadcasters, in which he showed clips of the movie. After witnessing the film, the Motion Picture Herald declared that it would be possible for a filmmaker to show their viewers a second feature unconsciously at the same time they are seeing the main motion picture. It would later be seen as a gimmick and the phrase, filmed in psychorama, would be utilized for marketing, much like the phrase, now in technicolor. Much of this marketing and branding was witnessed on the Terror in the Haunted House film posters, with statements such as, Astounding Shocker, the first picture in psychorama, the fourth dimension using subliminal communication. This caused fear with the television code, who decided to prohibit TV stations from using subliminal projection in advertisements that are broadcasted. However, no legal action was taken by the U.S. government, meaning there is no official law dealing with the use of subliminal messages in radio, TV, or film. So, theoretically, we're all being brainwashed. The Terror in the Haunted House it was issued an X certificate by the British Board of Film Classification 
which prevented it from being shown in the UK to anyone that was under 16 years old. As for the US, there were claims that the film was banned by the government, but all such claims were made erroneously. There are claims that subliminal messages are still used today and in fact are on the rise, most notably with the theory that sexual images had been inserted into Disney's animated children films, and most recently that the images of corpses were embedded in Ari Oster's horror picture from 2019, Midsommar. What a bunch of flimflam. As for the tear in the haunted house, the subliminal imagery within the film were single-frame flashes of things such as a devil face with a tongue hanging out, a goggle-eyed fellow with a rat in their mouth, a ghoul with fangs, a skull, a cobra head, and messages such as get ready to scream, scream louder, prepare to die, die die die, and scream bloody murder. You'll find screaming is a major theme of this film. The hope was that these images would solicit an emotional response and get stuck in the unconscious mind of the viewer. Well, the imagery may have caused a bit of unease for some audience members, but the trend of psychorama didn't stick around. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are interested in watching Terror in the Haunted House, and are not afraid of being brainwashed by the subliminal messages within, you can find the flick on archive.org. My next episode will be ever so frightening, as it will be airing on the illustrious Friday, October 13th. In honor of this spooktacular evening, I will welcome to the crypt the fantastic rock and roll vamp Dracula Elvis. They will be flying in from Gravesland, Tennessee, in search of specters to boogie-woogie with under the pale moonlight. We will be spinning creeptastic tunes to get you in the Halloween spirit and continue rapping on chamber doors in search of paranormal pals with an examination of the 1937 short flick, Lonesome Ghosts. Who knows? We may even have some other terrifying creepies stop by for a visit. Hope you tune in, goblins and ghouls. Until then, don't be a stranger. I want to know what you think. Drop your favorite little gravedigger a line at cinematiccrypt at gmail.com. If you have a suggestion for the show or a corpse you want me to dig up, let me know. You can also reach me on Instagram at Cinematic Crypt or reach me via postal mail. Attention Movie John, and that's M-O-V-I-E-J-A-W-N-P-O Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA 19145. I will always write back and include a personalized epitaph. Shout out to my Canadian film pal and fellow classic coroner, Dr. Ashley Jane Carruthers, for providing and creating a lot of the tunes you hear on this program. Also thanks to fellow movie genre, the Hollywood hunk, Hugo Marmucci, for the rad Cinematic Crypt logo. If you can't get enough of my soothing voice, you can find me on other programs that are part of the Movie John Podcast Network such as Best Friends Forever, which returns this October. 
Simply visit moviejohn.com under MJ Pods, and while there, make sure to subscribe to our quarterly print publication. Our upcoming fall 2023 issue features films with twins, doppelgangers, and mirrors. Much like the cinematic crypt, Double Trouble series, you shall find your eyes did not deceive you, for when there are two, there is twice as much fun. Visit moviejohn.com shop to subscribe, or patreon.com slash moviejohn, where you can subscribe and support the awesome MJ crew and help us continue to publish our cinematic magazine. Lastly, don't forget to follow along with my escapades outside of the crypt by subscribing to my newsletter, Sunday Matinee on Substack. to rest with my latest epitaph, my tombstone quote, compliments of Sheila Wayne. An unseen hand always opens the door for me. As a reminder, I may be gone, but I'm not alone, creepies. My ghostly pals are here to help open the door when my hands are full. I now leave you with one final message from the very nice, very evil, very famous AEW superstar Danhausen. Goodbye, film pals. Greetings, goblins and ghouls. This is Danhausen. Very nice, very evil. This concludes our trip to the graveyard. Until next descent into the cinematic crypt, be sure to follow your illustrious Spooky Hearst, Betsina Belfry, or Belfry, whichever you may prefer, at Cinematic Crypt so that you'll never miss a corpse. Yes, join us next time for another trip six feet under to pry open a coffin if Hollywood's passed or be cursed. Psychorama won't hurt you if you live through it. In fact, I think you'll enjoy it. Now, uh, if you'll excuse me, I have a date with death.